you can't see the win, but you can see the results of the win. And when God shows up, when you have a faith experience, you know that because of the results of that experience. You know, a couple of ways that we can define or we can know that God has shown up is that when he, when he gives you a revelation from the Bible, that's a faith experience. In other words, maybe you've read a scripture a number of times, but this time it's like the words jump off the page. The, the one prophet in the Old Testament said, it's like fire, shut up in my bones. Oh, it's like this thing just becomes, comes alive to you. Well, that's a faith experience. God just unwrapped a scripture just for you. Sometimes it's when God literally just kind of speaks to your heart. You don't hear this with your ears, but you hear it in here. Or you sense his, him nudging you in your heart. You just had a faith experience. Sometimes you're in a place like this, and, and the Bible calls it the glory of God. And God's presence just seems to show up in the room. You know, there's a place in the Old Testament where people were praising, worshiping God just like we were, and a literal cloud rolled in the room. I mean, you know, that would be weird if a cloud just showed up in this room right now. And, and the cloud was heavy so that the, preach, the priests couldn't even get up. They couldn't even stand up to do their job. Well, we don't often see a cloud when we come together, although sometimes God does do that, and I believe he's going to do that at FX Church. Amen. Amen. But whether we see it or not, sometimes when we praise and worship God together, God's presence comes in the room and things start happening. People start getting filled with joy that were depressed. People who were sick start, feeling, start, start being healed and all kinds of things along those lines occur. That's a faith experience. Sometimes God will have someone come and minister to you in a supernatural way. They'll share something with you about your life and about your future that there's no way they could know. Unless God told them. A number of years ago, oh, where I, I was just kind of fed up. Anybody ever felt fed up? I mean, I've been doing this for a while, and I was not having success. And I, I was sitting at the kitchen table, and I just said, you know what? Forget this. I don't need this. I already have a job. I, I was a pastor then. I, I don't need to write screenplays. I don't need to make movies. I, I'm tired of this. I'm done. I quit. And I'm ashamed to say that I, did, I, I thought that, but I did. I was done. And I, I hadn't even told my wife yet. The next morning we had church and uh, we had a, a guest speaker come in and she came and she taught the church. And one of uh, a friend of mine who's a, a woman who God uses in this way, she came to the back just to meet the guest. And when we were done talking with the guest and everybody walked out, she stopped me and she said, God just told me to tell you, you are not to quit writing screenplays. My jaw probably hit the ground. I'm like, how on earth could she notice? I hadn't talked to her. I hadn't even told my wife. I just quit yesterday. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And today, God said, no, you are not to do it. And he used her to do that. How many know that was a faith experience? Sometimes God will give you a vision or a dream. And, of course, when he does, it's going to line up with what the Bible already teaches. You know, he's not going to give you a vision of being married to somebody that's not your wife. Glory to God anyway. But these are faith experiences. This is what happens when the wind blows, when God shows up. And that's what he wants to do in our lives. Well, let's read Genesis chapter 12. And, and we're going to look at verse 7. And this is talking about Abraham. And this is after the faith experience he had. It said, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there. 
and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. So here, you know, faith experiences can bring you comfort and encouragement and strength and answers. And in this case, it brought insight to this man. And God was telling him what he was going to do with his family. And when God was done, Abram then took the time to literally build an altar to God. And he was building the altar to God basically, you know, because this was a special moment to him. God appeared to him. God spoke to him. This was a special place to him. God gave him a, 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 a faith experience. So he decided to build an altar as a way to worship God because of it. His grandson Jacob did the same thing in Genesis 28. We talked about that last week, how he had a dream and he saw God in the dream and God said some things to him. And in verse 19 or verse 17, it says he was also afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Why is that? God just showed up. The next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against and he set it up right as a memorial pillar. Notice that word memorial. That's something that you use to com commemorate something, right? To remind yourself of something. Then he poured olive oil over it. He named that place Bethel, which means house of God, although it was previously called Luz. So in the same way, Jacob had an experience with God, and it was special to him, and he decided to commemorate that experience by building a makeshift altar to God. He decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build this to God just to remind myself of what, is God, what God has done and to worship God for showing up in my life. I remember when my wife first told me that she was pregnant with my first daughter. And we, I had an office in, in a church in Atlanta. I, pre, I pastored a church in Atlanta for about nine years. And, you know, and a couple months ago, maybe, I guess sometime in the last year, I went back to preach at that church. And I walked in the office and I walked right over to that spot. This is where I was when she told me she was pregnant. That place was marked in my heart. You know what I mean? I remember when my story is such that God called me to the ministry when I was about, really about 17 years old. I had plans to go to University of Michigan and get a business degree. I, I received a full scholarship to University of Michigan. I mean, oh, that's hard to do. So my decision, I had decided that although I knew God had dealt with me about going into the ministry, that I wasn't going to do that yet because I need, you know, you don't pass up a full scholarship to the University of Michigan. Ministry school was going to be there. Ministry was going to be there. But the scholarship was not. So uh, to make a long story short, I was in a hotel room in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and there was a church camp meeting going on. My family was there at the camp meeting, and, and I remember walking around the hotel room and asking God, all right, when do you want me to go to ministry, ministry school? Because he'd been kind of dealing with me. And, you know, once again, I'm thinking, I'm going to go to ministry school when I get done at Michigan. But I'm, I'm praying, you know, when, when do you want me to do it? And I'll never forget it. It was like somebody was in the room. Except I didn't hear it with these ears. I heard it in here. I heard, now. And I was like, okay. All right, I mean, because it was strong. I, okay, I, I got it. Okay, yes, yes, Jesus, I'm going. And I'll never forget it. 
It's a moment that was marked in my heart. It's like I put an X there. You know how, how we, many of us have, uh, we've seen stories, we know of, of treasure hunters, and, and we know that if you get a treasure map, you're looking for the X, right? X marks the spot, right? And, and, and really, what Abram did was he kind of drew an X. This is where God showed up. Where Jacob did is he kind of drew an X. This is where God showed up. Even in my heart, in those areas, that's where I drew an X and said, yeah, this is where God showed up. And, you know, that's really what this X is about. When you look at the Faith Experience logo, this is an altar. We are, one, one, one of the things we're doing is we're drawing the X to say, God, we want you to show up. Because they would do that in the Bible. They'd build an altar so God would, his fire would fall in that place. And then, of course, we're also marking the spot where we believe, where we thank God, where God has shown up. And today I want to actually show you how to, to draw your own X. How to paint the target of, on your life. You know how sometimes pilots do that before they, 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 when they're on a mission and they want to drop a bomb, they will paint the target with an X. I want to show you how to paint the target. So that God's, God's power shows up in your life. So you have faith experiences all the time. And I want to give you a few ways to do that. So we're going to go to Psalm chapter Psalm uh, 9, first of all. I mean, you can create these kind of moments in your life. I mean, you really can. You can create moments where God shows up. That's the whole point of, of, of John 4, uh, James 4, 8. You draw nigh to me, come close to me, and I'll come close to you. That's the whole point of John 14. Hey, man, if you will love me, then I'll love you and I'll show up. That does, that's a little different than what happened with Abraham and Jacob and others. They couldn't, they couldn't summon, God's, summon God's presence like that. But we can because Jesus came. Because if we've chosen to follow him, we're a part of God's family. Because the world is just, we're just in a different time. And, and we need to do this. We need God right now, right? Anybody need God right now in some situation of your life? I mean, we got some areas we need God to show up in. And, and if that's the case, I need to know how to do this. Well, Psalm 9 verse 1 reads, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. Well, notice here the psalmist is talking about praise. And the first thing you can do to have a faith experience, to draw your own X, is praise and worship God with your whole heart. Praise and worship God with your whole heart. Notice he says here, I will praise you with all my heart, or the original, or the King James Version says, with my whole heart. And, you know, that tells me I can praise God with no heart. Right? I mean, in Matthew 15, Jesus said this about a group of people. He said, man, they... They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They're just going through the motions. Obviously, if you're going to take the time to praise God, to, to boast about what he's done in your life, to tell him about how great he is, which is what we just finished doing, you ought to do it from your heart. Come on, we live in a day and age where nobody likes anything fake. It's hard to respect anybody that fakes it. You know, whatever you're going to do, be real about it, right? Be authentic. If you're going to be the devil, then be the devil. <laughs> and if you're going to serve God, then serve God, right? But nobody likes somebody that kind of sits in the middle and tries to act like they're one thing and then act like they're another, a chameleon. No, and God doesn't either. There's a place in the, in the New Testament where God says, he says, man, I would rather you be hot 
or cold. I'd rather you be on fire for me or just completely against me. But because you are lukewarm, I'm spitting you out of my mouth. God doesn't want us to be lukewarm. You either in or you out, baby. And you got to be in to have faith experiences, to have God show up in your life. So here he says, I'll, I'll worship God. I'll praise you with my whole heart. And when you come to praise God, whether it's in a Sunday experience or maybe you're just praising God in your car or at your home, you got to do it with your whole heart. And the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, when we praise God, God shows up. The wind comes in and things start to change. Anybody ever experienced that where you kind of came into the place depressed, but by the time we got done praising God, you felt a little joy bubbling up? All of a sudden, you start feeling a little bit better. Why? Because God's presence has shown up. You've started to have a faith experience. Well, then number two, you need to pray from your heart. Pray from your heart. Lamentations chapter 2 is a very interesting chapter. This, these people were really hurting because they had gotten away from God. They had become cold. And so God's telling them what they need to do. And he says, rise during the night and cry out. Notice that, cry out. Pour out your hearts like water to the Lord. Lift up your hands to him in prayer, pleading for your children, for in every street they are faint with hunger. He's talking about prayer here. And he actually says, pour out your heart in prayer. The idea here of the word pour means to, to gush out. It means like if I had a glass of water up here and I just emptied it. God said, empty yourself in prayer. Pray from your heart. Pray like you mean it. Pray like you care. There's a scripture in the New Testament in James chapter 5 that says that the effectual, fervent, heartfelt prayer of a righteous person makes tremendous power available. It didn't just say the prayer of a righteous person makes that kind of power available. It said the heartfelt prayer. We said this last week, God wants your heart. So when you pray with your heart, power shows up. When you pray with your heart, God shows up. When you pray with your heart, you have a faith experience. And you can do that by praying simple prayers in faith. We'll talk about that in the future where you're just, you know, praying about a thing and you ask God for it and believe you receive it right then. Or you might be praying for a person and praying, you know, supplicating. That's a, that's a type of prayer where you're going to take a little time to pray for a person. You might pray more in the spirit. And when you're doing that type of prayer, you got to do it from your heart. But when you do, God can do things in those people's lives. However you pray or whatever you're praying for, Pray from your heart. Number three, study the Bible with your heart. Study the Bible with your heart. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20 reads, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Notice this. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. So he says, pay attention to my words. If you look at the original uh, Hebrew that, the, of course, the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew, you'll find that the word there literally means to prick up the ears. 
And then he uses the word incline, which means to stretch out. You ever have somebody trying to tell you something and you can barely hear them? What'd you say? Say it again? That's what God's saying. Stretch out your ears to hear what I'm saying. Don't lose sight of what I'm saying. Keep that in front of your eyes so you constantly look at it. What's the goal here? Because I want my sayings to penetrate into your heart. Why? For they bring life to those who find them. So notice that God's word brings life to you. You have a faith experience. The next thing here is, and healing to their whole body. Man, God, God's words will literally heal your body. But they don't heal everybody's body. They don't bring life to everybody. It's only to them that find them. To them that give it attention. That allow God's word to penetrate into their heart. And says, listen, for, for, you, for you to have God's word penetrate into your heart, you got to let it. It's like, you know, if you came to my house, well, I got to let you in. And in the same way, just because you read a scripture or you hear a message doesn't mean that that gets into your heart. You got to decide to open your heart and say, all right, God, I'm going to listen to what you say. I'm going I'm to accept this as true. And see, that's what God, God's goal here is, that his words end up in your heart because when it's in your heart, now the supernatural happens in your life. This is a supernatural book written by a supernatural God. So you can have supernatural experiences in your life. But that the only people that have those kind of experiences are the people that read the Bible with their heart. You've got to be very careful, even if you've been a Christian for a long time, to make sure that you don't just start reading the Bible like you're reading a newspaper. Or you're reading a book. You've got to approach it differently because the Bible is God speaking to you. And it will change your life and the life of those around you when you give it attention, when you read it with your heart. Well, number four, listen with your heart for his direction. Listen with your heart for his direction. Romans chapter 8 and verse 16, I love how the message translation says this. It says, God's spirit touches our spirits. And confirms who we really are. Isn't that something? You know, to help you with this, understand that the Bible teaches that if you're someone that's chosen to follow Jesus, God's spirit came to live in you. And you are a spirit. You're not a body. You're not a mind. You know, you're not just emotions. You're a spirit being. And when you choose to follow Jesus, his spirit comes to live in you. It's kind of like if your spirit is one of those uh, uh, snow globes, then his spirit's in the snow globe. And he's telling you here that one of the ways that God actually guides us is that his spirit will touch your spirit to let you know you're on the right track. Or he might punch your spirit, seems like sometimes. Let you know, no, don't do that. Anybody ever had that, something told me not to do that experience, and then they found out that that something was right? It wasn't just something, it was someone. And so, really, the Bible teaches that God's Spirit is in our hearts to guide us in every area of life. Really, you have a stoplight in your heart. And sometimes it'll say go, and sometimes it'll say stop. And part of the reason why some of us have had so much trouble in life is because we've been running lights. 
<laughs> we know don't do this, and we do it anyway, then we wonder, why is all this stuff happening to me? Well, God tried to tell you, and you just decided to run the light. No wonder you've had so many crashes. No, God, God has put the Holy Spirit in your heart if you've chosen to follow him to guide you. He, I like to say he guides us through whispers and nudges. You have a little nudge in your heart or just a little whisper in here, not here. We don't look for voices because the devil will accommodate you. You will start hearing voices. Like, Is that you, God? Yeah, it's God. You're like, that ain't God. That's the devil. <laughs> no, in here, he talks, he communicates with us through our spirit because he's a spirit. And if you will live your life just sensitive to that, don't just rush and make decisions, but actually just kind of check in here, live from your heart, then you can have faith experiences in your life. A couple of days ago, sometimes this week, maybe Monday or Tuesday, I don't know which day it was, uh, I had to pick one of my daughters up from school, and I actually was able to take a nap in the middle of the day, which is just like rare. But sure enough, I laid down and I set my alarm and I, was, and I set it at a good time. I was going to be in good time to get my daughter. And, you know, eventually I was kind of half awake, half asleep. And I kind of got this little nudge in my heart to get up. And I looked at the clock like, no, <laughs> it ain't time to get up. I got, you know, five, ten more minutes. And I don't know about y'all, but I like my ten minutes. I, <laughs> I want every second of that ten minutes. But so I just kind of rolled back over and I got it again. And I was like, okay, all right, fine, I'll get up. So I got up, jumped in the car, went to go get my daughter. I'm like, why well, I had to get up early? And sure enough, the way that I normally go had been blocked off. I don't know if there was an accident. I don't know if there was a crime, but there was a cop SUV sitting right in the middle of the road. And they were not allowing you to go by at all. I literally had to turn around and go another way. And if I had not gotten up when the Holy Ghost told me to get up, I'd have been late. But because I got up, I was still on time. God cares about those details. And if you'll listen with your heart, you'll have a faith experience. I mean, that's a faith experience. There's no way I can know that. That was supernatural. Next thing. Open your heart to godly advice. Y'all get anything out of this? Open your heart to godly advice. In 2 Kings, there was this woman whose husband died and he had left her with a whole lot of debt, and they were about to take her kids, put them into slavery to pay off the debt. And so she went to the man of God. At that time, it was Elisha. She said, man, what do, what do I do? And Elisha was used by God to give her some instruction. He actually said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars setting each one aside when it is filled. Now, that's a strange instruction, but if you read the rest of the story, what you'll find is that she had a little bit of oil in her house, and he was telling her to get a bunch of bowls and bring it in your house. Take that little bit of oil and pour it in a bowl. Now, you know, you would, ha- you would think, well, what good is that going to do? The, the, the oil was in a jar, and there wasn't much there. Now it's in a bowl, and there's not much there. But because it, was, it came from God, when she began to pour the oil, God multiplied it right in front of her. I mean, oh, that's a faith experience. And so she poured oil, and there's oil, oil is everywhere, until she gets to the place where the house is full of bowls with oil. And she's able to take that and sell that, get out of debt, and live off the rest of it. But all that didn't come 
just from God speaking directly to her, God used somebody else to speak into her life. And sometimes God will speak to you through somebody you're supposed to be connected to. There's one reason why you need to go to the church God wants you at. Because your wisdom might be in the mouth of your pastor. And if you're somewhere else or you're just sitting at home, you know, laying on pastor pillow, <laughs> you could miss the very thing you're asking God for. You got to be where God wants you to be. And sometimes the way you'll have a faith experience is God will speak to you through other people in your life. And of course, anything they say is going to line up with the Bible. You know, it, it's gonna, you're going to know in your heart, you're going to have that little nudge. Yeah, that's me. But it's just how God does it. There's a great story in the Old Testament about a prophet who was really off, man. He was doing the exact opposite of what God wanted him to do. And he was riding a donkey. And the donkey, you know, just stops in the middle of the road. And he's like, you know, come on, donkey, come on. And the donkey starts to move and it stops again. He's like, come on, man, I got to go. And it stops again. And finally he starts beating his donkey and the donkey starts talking. Why are you beating me? He's like, because it trips me out is when you read the story, the prophet doesn't even pause. It's not like he's like, whoa, the donkey. No, he just started talking back. Because you, you just stay right. What you doing? You know, the donkey says, have you known me my whole life? Have I ever done this? The prophet says no. And then right in front of the prophet appears an angel with a sword. And the angel says, I was here to kill you because he, he was judgment. He had been really evil. He said, this donkey saved your life. Because he stopped, you didn't die. You might have some friends in your life that are hee-hawing all the time. (laughs) But every once in a while, God might use them to speak to you and tell you the very thing you need to hear. That was a faith experience. If you're too good for anybody to give you advice, God is not coming close to you. God's not showing up in your life. You've decided you're better and greater than God. You've got to be humble enough to even hear from a child of God is speaking through them. Last one, number six. Participate in church experiences with your heart. The psalmist said this. He says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Notice he said, I was glad, not sad. Now, I was excited when I woke up this morning. It's Sunday. Why? Well, I'm going to get together with God's people. We're going to help some people today. God's going to help me today. That's the attitude you got to have. You got to come on a Sunday open and expecting, not closed and skeptical. Because when you're closed up and you're skeptical and you got this, let me check this out mentality, you're not drawing close to God with your heart, and God's not going to be able to draw close to you. You're not going to see God show up and give you the wisdom you need, the, the, the answer, the, the power, the encouragement. But when you open your heart and say, God, I'm here to get everything you want me to have. Well, God honors that. That's all he's looking for is for you to kind of give him a blank sheet of paper and say, all right, God, fill it in. And when you do that, God shows up in your life. And, you know, when, and that's what we want to have happen here at Faith Experience Church. Every time you come here, we want you to have a faith experience. We want God to show up. We have these X's on our, on our arms because we're literally saying, we, we're, we're drawing an X right here. And we want God to drop right here and people to get answers and get encouraged and get healed and get set free and their lives to change. 
and, and it happened last week, and it's going to happen this week, and it's going to happen the week after that, but it won't happen for everybody who comes. It only happened for those who come with an open heart. That's how you have a faith experience. Now I want to read a story to you in Luke chapter 10. I want to end this in this way, and this is really going to help us. It reads, now it happened as they went that he entered into a certain village, talking about Jesus, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word or heard his teachings. Notice the Bible says she also sat at Jesus' feet. So Jesus comes to Martha's house. Jesus is in the house. I mean, oh, that's a good thing. Man, he's doing miracles, and he's giving people wisdom, and all, and he's in your house. And apparently at first, Martha and Mary were sitting down at Jesus' feet, listening to what he had to say. But at some point, Martha, in the middle of Jesus talking, got up. And it says here, Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care? That my sister has left me alone. You know you're in trouble when you're asking God, do you care? What do you mean, do you care? He sent Jesus to come and die for you. He was beat, whipped, nails put in his hands, nails put in his feet, crown of thorn on his head, hung for six hours, dragged into hell. Then he had somebody bring you to church today. He cares. That's not the issue. But she thought, you know, she said, do you care, Jesus? And then she says, tell her to help me. Now she's bossing Jesus around. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled or upset about many things. You're not just upset about this today. There's a lot of stuff going on. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. What's he saying? You know, she was distracted because she felt like I got all these people in my house and somebody's going to be hungry, somebody's going to want something to drink. I need to take care of all these people. And, and she became worried and upset and all this other stuff. And Jesus said, listen, listen, baby, you got this backwards. You're worried and distracted about all this kind of stuff. You're upset about all these things. And the very answer you need is sitting right in front of you. See, first of all, all she really needed to do when it came to food, get a piece of bread. Say, hey, Jesus, five seconds. Multiply this real fast. <laughs> Did he not take five loaves and two fishes and feed 5,000 people? That's all she needed. Take a little bread and say, can you? He don't even have to interrupt him. Just kind of slip him some bread while he's talking. But beyond that, if she had focused on Jesus, he could have easily, not only taken care of everybody in that room, but he could have taken care of everything that was wrong in her life. The one thing she needed to fix the many things. Maybe she had some health issues. Maybe she had some relationship issues. Maybe she, she was depressed. The one thing she needed was a faith experience with him. And here he was, right there giving the answers and she was distracted her heart wasn't open was it if anything it was closed and offended what are you distracted by right now in this
What is it that's keeping you from having the actual faith experience that you need? Is it something that's going wrong? Is it something that, that you're angry about? Is, is it someone? What they said or what they did? Is it something that you enjoy a little too much? Maybe, maybe it's that phone or that TV show or that hobby or something you're enjoying that you know you're not supposed to be enjoying. Y'all looking at me like y'all know what I'm talking about. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. What is it that, you, that you're focused on that has kept you away from the very thing you need. See, whatever your problem is today, whatever you're struggling with today, one thing is needful. You need one thing, him. You need him to show up. You need a faith experience. And that one thing can take care of really all of those things in your life. But for that to happen, You've got to value what's most important. It doesn't mean the other things in your life aren't important. I'm sure what's going on in your family is important. What's going on in your money is important. Whatever you're, you're struggling, that's important. But there's something more important than that. It's like when you're driving your car, you know, you, you, your phone goes off. You might have an important email or text message. But how many know the most important thing is that you're driving a car? You're going 70 miles per hour on I-75. So although your email might be important, if I don't take care of the most important thing, I'm not going to be alive to read my email. And the same way, if you don't take care of the most important thing and focus on God and do the things we talked about, praise with your whole heart and read the Bible with your heart and pray out of your heart and listen to godly advice and, and, and come to faith experiences with your heart wide open. If you don't focus on him, then you're going to find that you're not going to have the results you want to have. We need to make a decision today that I'm going to do whatever it takes for God to show up in my life. You ought to really have faith experiences every day. You, should, you know how people get their coffee fixed in the morning? You ought to get your FX every morning. And you can do that when you start your day praising them from your heart and, and praying from your heart and reading the Bible with your heart. And then listening with your heart as you go throughout your day for God to nudge you and guide you. And being open to, to what people have to say to you in your life. The only reason we're going to have small groups so you can have those kind of people in your life. And then coming to church on the weekend and, and, and at the same time, you know, being open. You can have faith experiences every day. And you should. But for that to happen, you've got to make room for 